That is so moral majority. You can't blame real life violence on entertainment. What? Wait a second. Yes, you can. Don't you, don't you even watch the news? Yeah, hello. The murderer was wearing a ghost mask, okay? Just like in the movie, it's directly responsible. No, it's not. Movies are not responsible for our actions. It's a classic case of life imitating art, imitating this life. This is not a hypothetical. It's not about art. I had biology with that girl. This is reality. Thank you. I agree with you. Let me tell you about reality, Mickey. I live through this, okay? Life is life. It doesn't imitate anything. Come on, Ray. Chilling with my man Rusty, low down. Blew off the burner, kind of dusty. The world can't touch ghost purple tape. Ray co-host, Monty Hall Expo. Intellect, you red pro. Sun's trifling, fuck. Wildflower on the cycling. Pick up the room, thought I was Michael and Swiss. Right and pull. Now, I'm into high and door. What? Oh. We need we need we need cameras. I changed my mind. We need to buy cameras. We need to do this on video. Like we can like have the Skype video going at the yeah. same time, but don't yeah. pump our audio through exactly. that. Only pump our audio into Zencast. Yeah. That's how it all works. Oh so we can just have Damien dancing, <laughs> just involuntary dance. <laughs> This is what happens when, like, instead of instead of putting on like indie rock, I put yeah. in rap songs from the nineties. Like, Damon would just be dancing to the music. Yep. Usually, when I put in my music, Damon's just like, "Oh, Andrew and his bullshit." What's here? Am I dead? Is this, this is what death is. What's it, what's happening? And then you guys. Oh, anyways. So hi and welcome. This is the Unday Movie Podcast. <laughs> This is Andrew. This is still Damien. And this is somehow Douglas. Somehow. somehow. Um, I have an important question. Is there still a curfew in Kingston? Of course. Jamaica? What? <laughs> like I'm asking I'm asking this as someone who's started a podcast an oh hour later than I had planned. Like, oh are you guys God. curfewed or is Douglas just like oh super God. business and is no, no longer applicable? We, we have 26 minutes left of Dog. Of, of, of freedom. freedom and then the government says it's time to go to bed Yo, Andrew like <laughs> police are literally kicking in people's doors as when them when them violate curfew like it was some big news thing a couple days ago some people like had a dance on a Sunday violating the 3 p.m curfew and police was straight up kicking in people's doors and dragging people out of their houses <laughs> so yes yes Kingston is still on the Full lock on the on the military military yeah, parade. Yeah, we're basically <laughs> on the uh, <laughs> on the military rule at this point. Yeah, Do you call extent. him Kim Jong Andrew? Um, <laughs> it would be too funny, and like four other people would get it because this is still Jamaica. Like this, it's not people. <laughs> I, the JLP Junta party, like no one's getting those references. No matter how hard I try. Um, uh, someone uh, pointed out that um, in all likelihood, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day yeah. will be under curfew. Yeah. We'll be curfew. celebrating New Year's Day at 3 p.m. Can you imagine that, Damien? Actually, just <laughs> the other day I was talking to somebody about it, and they were like, oh, when we celebrate New Year's together, I'm like, excuse me? No, you, you can't. Really <laughs> everyone will finally celebrate New Year's the way I've done all of my life, alone <laughs> at home, watching the entire season of Entourage. <laughs> but here's the thing. Not everyone lived a sad life 
that you live. <laughs> I'm sure your wife will not be happy sitting at home staring at your smug face during New Year's. <laughs> there's other people who like, there's this thing where you find other people you like and talk to that aren't on the podcast. We used to call them friends. No, oh. they're just people trapped in their own houses uh, that you can't see. And you like to meet with them and drive somewhere and watch people blow up explosives and then go home. And there'll be none of that this year. <laughs> there'll be none of that this year. Uh, but, I'm sure people uh, will try, but it won't. It's not going to be good. Uh, anyway, speaking of um, giant explosions that people shouldn't do. <laughs> talk about scream yes um we need to talk about scream so let us start here hello hello who is this you tell me your name i'll tell you mine uh, i don't think so what's that noise popcorn you're making popcorn well i'm getting ready to watch a video really what i'll do some scary movie like scary movies uh-huh you never told me your name why do you want to know my name i want to know who i'm looking at the year is 1996 damien mm -hmm. you and i are both 10 years old oh, douglas shit. is 13 right did you say 30 13 oh, right. douglas is 13 <laughs> and west craven releases scream starring yep. nev campbell courtney cox and david arquette in which a man with a knife is running around town stabbing people and calling them beforehand to say, what's your favorite scary movie? Um, the movie goes insane. People, people fall in love with it. It's, it's, it's made four films so far. There's a fifth supposed to have been coming out next year. I think it's delayed an extra year due to the pandemic. Um, but I'm pretty sure that'll end up happening at some point. Um, and it's, continues like like all of these great horror horror um franchises it is a film which sticks to its staples which are very simple you have the young girl being on the phone called and harassed by a dude bro who loves movies and every other character in the movie lets you know the rules of horror movies and then the movie follows exactly the rules of horror movies while people are stabbed up and the dumbest shit happens. Last week on the podcast, completely unintended of any sort, I brought up the name of Scream. Mm -hmm. And and someone else on this podcast, I will not say who because I don't want to throw shame on people. Um, someone on this podcast did not seem to appreciate my mentioning of the movie Scream. So I challenged that person to a Scream off. <laughs> I have watched three Scream movies. I didn't make it to part four. <laughs> I ran out of time. <laughs> so um, really, I've watched... Andrew, I literally watched two movies last night so I could watch a fourth Scream movie. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> this, is, this is during that time where I had to delay our podcast recording because I was up until like hours in the morning doing strategic work and you don't even watch the fourth screen movie how <laughs> dare you <laughs> how dare i um but yeah i'm here to discuss the scream and to tell you 
about why Scream is a classic. But first, I feel like the person who needs to talk is the one, the one who will be the one in the middle, as he usually is. One Mr. Douglas Robinson. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm vetoing that. Um, <laughs> you, as the person who has decided to inflict this, I don't even know what to call it, upon us, must begin. Then Damien will present his arguments and I shall preside over the proceedings. <laughs> Are there any rules I should adhere to, Douglas? I, I agree to your terms, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are there any rules, sir, um, courtman? Mm-hmm. Andrew, there are no rules. Your mm-hmm. objection is is denied. Um, <laughs> please Ooh, proceed I have, with your opening arguments. <laughs> I have jokes later to talk about objections, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that later. Um, so scream, guys. There's something, and and it's weird because as I mentioned, this movie came out in 1996. I can't remember if I saw it in 1996. I'm sure I saw it before the 2000s. Um, but I don't know what year it was that I realized how much I loved movies. And th- I, there's something I have recognized in myself over the past decade of talking about movies, about watching films. There is a catnip ex- of of sort of effect that occurs when a movie starts to discuss movies in really dumb ways, right? Sometimes they do it in meta ways. There, you can talk about the David Lynch shit. You can talk about um, you can talk about the movies where they're making movies kind of stuff. Like you can talk about the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You can talk about all of those type of movies I love. Um, but also there are movies that I love where they're just people talking about movies and continually telling you how movies work. And then there's a new layer on top of that, which I feel Scream provides that never, that not many movies do in which they explain literally what these movies are. And then they basically become them in their own joke of a movie. This movie is entirely predicated on the concept of, number one, people love slasher films. They love movies in which dumb high school children are being murdered left, right, and center, and people are clueless until a man with a knife shows up behind them, and then that person who is clueless is dead because he's been murdered by the knife man. Um, You've seen this in movies such as Halloween, which God knows how many of those are. I don't actually have a count. Um, there's Friday the 13th, which the other day I realized I don't think I've ever actually seen the first movie of those. I've only seen like the movies that came out in my ad- in my childhood to know like um, random pieces of it um, and all other slasher movies. And this movie came out in a spot in that list where when you when I watch this movie today, it becomes prevalently obvious that Wes Craven, the man who made a lot of the favored horror movies, including one Mr. Freddy Krueger's films, The Night on Elm Street, made this movie entirely to make fun of those movies while at the same time playing to their strengths. That is, a man with a knife is running around and murdering people and you just have ridiculously dumb fun with it. There are sequences in this movie that it's surprising how well I remembered them watching this movie again. Um, from the first the first scene with Drew Barrymore being murdered out in the front. And, and I think the part of that that 
gets me isn't so much like people love to talk about that part that i played in the opening clip uh, not in the opening clip in the in the trailer which is the opening of the movie with her getting the phone call and her being like oh i don't like scare i'm i'm not talking to you or i don't i'm watching a scary movie and then the guy changed it to i'm i'm watching you and they're like oh this is creepy um but the part that gets me about that whole sequence is like the end of it when when the parents show up and the parents are on the phone and they're hearing their daughter being murdered and they're just like it's just that is the part where the movie just goes from the ridiculous dumb moment of just introducing slashiness to Wes Craven putting on more and the movie continues in the sequence after sequence I think my favorite of the ridiculousness in this movie first of all side note before rewatching this movie I don't think I knew that Rose McGowan was in movies that wasn't called Grindhouse. I knew. <laughs> I I'm but we'll honestly get like to that. <laughs> she, she's awful in this movie, but also, <laughs> but also, but also, really? most of the people are awful in this movie because sorry, it's a by, dumb fucking movie. By most, do you mean? No, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's not my turn. <laughs> objection objection he yeah. spoke i'm overruling myself objection overruled <laughs> damien may proceed no nope, no nope, it's not my turn i will call i'll i'll cross examine the witness <laughs> when it is my turn you're on <laughs> i was so inside same. the closet um so yeah the movie itself is just running on this joke while you have all of these characters. And while you talk about the three names, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, who continue throughout all of these films, who are the main staples, the, the girl, the, the, the victim girl, the, the hero slash strong woman who is the journalist, and then the, the bumbling detective, David Arquette. Um, the character on the outside of this that that isn't mentioned he's only in the first two movies actually he's in the third in one of my favorite pieces which i will talk about later um probably the only thing i like about the third movie um my man mr i have forgotten his name his name is kenny is his name kenny the the movie guy right oh jamie Uh, um jamie kennedy Kennedy, right jamie kennedy who plays the film dude right who is just constantly telling us what the rules of these movies are um and it's one of those things where slowly but surely you realize how stupid the script of this movie is and then there's a point where it becomes comical where you have moments such as where he will continually to tell you what the rules are and he puts it they do it in ways which are simple where he's like here are the rules of the movies don't say i'm gonna be back because you won't kind of shit and those things are played off like oh he's an idiot and people make fun of him but the one moment that like stands out in this movie is the end of this movie when the the killers are revealed which guys matthew lillard is such a fucking jackass in this movie but there's something i love about him in that scene where he is bleeding out and he's just being a child right where he's just saying shit like my mom will hurt you my mom will sue you or whatever and he's like bleeding out complaining the guy stabbed him too much it's so beautiful it's so juicy it's so stupid i love it so much 
but nothing more so than Jamie Kennedy staring at two supposedly dead bodies, stating, this is the part of the movie where he'd come back to life. And he does, and they shoot him again. And then I'm just dying with laughter at how dumb this fucking movie is and how much it reminds me that I love dumb movies that remind me that movies are movies, right? There are There is a quality to this movie where it... It knows how stupid horror slasher movies are. It plays with how stupid horror slasher movies are. And it knows we enjoy how stupid they are. I know my compatriot, my 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 enemy in this podcast, does not know how, how fun it is for these movies to be stupid. He, on the other hand, does claim to love stupid movies. So I'd love to hear his defense, his 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 attack of this film. Um, I will I will take a respite at this moment and open the floor for some counter arguments. I'll be back though, I'm sure. Um, so yes, I'll take a moment there. Uh, Your Honor, may I proceed? Damian, you may proceed. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast jury. <laughs> uh, I appear before you here today, uh, not to enrich your lives in any way uh, as the overall aim of this podcast is to give people who are dumb enough to listen to us some direction as to what to use your time to watch and what not to watch under any circumstance. But we, are, we find ourselves at an impasse where uh, our ex- our esteemed ruler and overlord, Andrew Robinson, would have you believe that a movie... I object to that title. I object to that title. It that is completely mo- inflammatory and that, not needed here. Overruled. That a movie that has it. been widely panned for how shit a movie it is, <laughs> is indeed a good movie. Now, before I get into the shit nosity of the actual movie i would like to take you guys down a road uh, a sm- a short journey um of the people what appear in this movie i will start with nev campbell nev campbell in 1996 came in another timeless classic by andrew right by andrews i assume benchmark the craft which <laughs> is both a better and worse movie than Scream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is better in the fact that craft is something legitimately stupid. And it is worse in the fact that both these movies are terrible movies. But one, if you have the time and appreciate horrible things, you can watch the craft and go, boy, 1996 really must be in. Must have been a terrible year, and you'd have been correct because the craft came out. Scream also came out, but we'll get to that. Uh, Nev Campbell is also known for Wild Things and most recently, Skyscraper. I saw her in that and I went, Oh, Nev Campbell is alive, and we'll move on. Uh, next. Oh, yeah, she was in that. Yeah. Next, <laughs> we get to Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox has never been in a good movie. I've checked. You can. She's a, she's a friend, though. You can look at maybe Ace Ventura is her best movie. And if that is your claim to fame, then we can move on. 
next is a man that everyone loves. His name is Jamie Kennedy. He I'd like in- to I'd like to submit into evidence mm-hmm. the Courtney Cox argument about um one Mr. Masters of the Universe. And we're moving on. Jamie Kennedy uh, was in Eminem of the State for a hot second. Andrew, I'll allow it. So your, your I argument guess we, holds water. Uh, <laughs> we can give Jamie Kennedy as good as it gets an enemy of the state. The problem he was in is as good as it gets. The problem is he's still Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, which, he's horrible. Which outweighs yeah. everything. Although Tremors five, huh? <laughs> no. Moving on. <laughs> he was in Tremors five. Uh, apparently, there is a Tremors five. Remember, Does I anyone you, have a count as I to how many tremors there are? The other day, that <laughs> yes. there's a, tr- a tremors that just came out. Yep. So it has made me realize that I want to watch all of those movies. Douglas, I am this close to just buying whatever Blu-ray Douglas, box. Is. I don't know if you did this, but at one point I realized they were key, they kept making National Lampoon movies. Yeah, and yeah, then I said, you know, let me look and see what they're making. And that oh, was a mistake. Bad. I bad. can guarantee you that these tremors road they're no, about to go down. I, I agree. It's a terrible idea. But what I will say is there's a big difference. I actually read up about the National Lampoon thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it was a, a, a little documentary I saw. And how National Lampoon works is they operate like a brand. They're just like, all right, if you have a shitty comedy movie... And you pay me enough money, I will put national. I will lampoon slap national front. lampoon on it. Um, I, but I, I'm glad but you I think that tremors, tremors works in a different way. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad you think there's some integrity to the tremors brand. I just, I just did a check. There are seven tremors movies <laughs> and one 13 episode TV series. <laughs> of course, really? Of course, oh. there is. Uh, Douglas, I cannot wait for you to do this to yourself. I implore you to do so. Um. That first one, actually, even the second one, from a, a child's perspective, marvelous. <laughs> uh, I'm looking. I'm looking at Wikipedia and um, one Mr. Burt Gummer, um, which I'm going to assume that's the dude. That's the guy with all the guns. Yep, that's him. Um, he is in all but one film, but his character Michael Gross is in every single one. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm going. That's a hard pass. Um, where was I? Ah, uh, ah, uh, Rose McGowan. Uh, she's best known for her brief stints in the Grindhouse films. She was also in the Black Dahlia, but most importantly, she was in Monkey Bone, which everyone knows is a timeless classic <laughs> and should always be. Anyways, uh, Skeet Ulrich, the boyfriend, the killer man, he. Has never been in a good movie. <laughs> uh, he was in the craft as well. I don't know how this happened. But uh, he friends get other friends' jobs. Yeah, man. Um, he was apparently in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies in 1990. I don't know where that he makes was. him the best. He's probably alongside one Mr. Um, I've forgotten Sam his Rockwell. name right now. Sam Rockwell as a random like right. footman, he, foot right. soldier. Um, and now to Andrew's favorite favorite person, Mr. Scooby-Doo himself, <laughs> Matthew Lillard. 
Uh, he was in the descendants. I will. I won't have you say anything bad about hackers. Uh, he was also in Hackers, a movie Andrew likes. He was in She's All That, a movie that the best thing about that movie is that it was spoofed by not another teen movie, a far superior movie. Um, uh, yeah, let's. She was also in Without. He was also in Without a Paddle. Of course, he was. I mean, looking at his filmography is just uh, a nightmare. I don't know who keeps putting him in movies, but someone, I guess he has to get paid. I don't know. Uh, now we get to... badgering the witness here. Now now we get to the two... There's two big people in this. Drew Barrymore and I've not heard any evidence yet, uh, sir. I don't know what's going on. Drew Barrymore was killed instantly and Liv Schreiber... I didn't even see him till like the final frame of the movie. Wait, I have no where he was in the movie. Hang on a second. I think we have to address something here. Um, are you or are you not mm-hmm. saying that Liev Schreiber is mm-hmm. good? No, I'm saying he's good. You're saying he's good. I'm saying that there's two. Actual actors in this movie. I actually agree with Damien's general point, but the fact that he has he he likes Liev Schreiber just Mm -hmm. negates everything. His whole argument is here's the problem. (laughs) He's in spot. All right, we can do this. He's in spotlight, he's in Creed, he's in Isle of Dogs. A lot of bad bad actors are in good movies. Also, Spotlight <laughs> is not a good movie. <laughs> uh, listen, I didn't say he's a great... Drew Barrymore is not a great actress. Liev Schreiber is not a great actor. I'm saying the two people in this movie with any talent oh, at wow. all. All right. At all <laughs> is these two. Everybody let's let's make it perfectly movie. clear to the court. He's discussing the man who was in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh no, we can't do this. If we're using the worst thing these actors are in, then you don't have a case, Andrew. <laughs> You're not helping you. I am giving you the best case for these tra- this trash fire <laughs> you put in front of me. You don't get to tell me that the two bright spots in a sea of filth has bad movies. We don't, we don't get to play that game. Now, that I've spoken about uh, all the riffraff, we get to the man, the myth, the legend, Wes Craven. What? But you haven't spoken about the fans. I don't want to speak about the fans. <laughs> Actually, uh, I have to tell you, there was a moment in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, there's a moment this week with two things that are similar. Um, the Sergio Aguero bullshit with the, <laughs> the lady referee. Yeah. There was a Sergio Aguero moment in this movie where Henry Winkler, as a like 50 or 60-year-old principal, mm-hmm. is essentially telling Nev Campbell, like... I can't remember what happened. Something bad must have happened. And he's like, oh, it's okay. And he like caressed her um her like neck and chin. And yeah. I was like, what are you doing? That's yeah. not how you like <laughs> first of all, not only is is this um you know just inappropriate yep. from a, a person to person level. Yep, he's she's also principal. supposed to be a no, forget principal. She's also supposed to be a child. 
right? This is no, not hey, even Douglas. an adult woman. Douglas, listen, you cannot stop about. taking points from my <laughs> argument, sir. You don't get to do this. You and Andrew don't get to jump in to aid my argument. That's not how this works. Oh, and I'd just like to ask, did we mention David Arquette? Why would we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about wrestling. What are we doing? No what are we doing? Talk about him. But, <laughs> Why would you mention David Arquette? The funny thing is, Andrew seems to think like I'm on the sideline in this one. Yeah. Damien, you and I are on the same side. Douglas, so. I know. <laughs> Douglas, I, I, know, I, know. I know this. Andrew I know. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Andrew, Andrew, the only person on Andrew's side <laughs> is people Andrew has never met that write articles on the internet. There's no real people that like Scream. Um, no, I hate no you. No, I, we we Andrew, all hate you. If Andrew finds me an actual human person, that enjoys scream. I'll, I'll so, end this argument. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny. I had a conversation with somebody this week, and mm-hmm. I said to them, right, um, I'm talking to them about the podcast. I say, you know, that I have to watch uh, a couple of movies for this podcast, and I'm going to go watch a scary movie. Um, because in my mind, I know it's not actually scary, right. but in my mind, I associate this in the horror genre or in the scary genre just because of you know who made it and the fact that it's about kind of about that right um and there are some tense moments and so people will think that way so i said to them i'm going to go watch a scary movie oh, and i said oh what scary movie and i tell them scream and they're like wait uh, no that's not a scary movie <laughs> and i was very happy <laughs> 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 I love that concept of like regular people being like screams so are scary, go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, so not a horror movie then. And I was right. like, you're yeah, actually right. <laughs> uh, right. So uh Wes Craven is trash. Hey. But he knows this. Hey. He only makes trash, hey. but he's aware that the stuff he's making is trash. And I, listen, I understand. I have a DVD copy of Airborne in my house. <laughs> I know what trash looks like. <laughs> oh, Damien, how did we how did we get tricked into doing that? How? <laughs> but a nightmare on Elm Street, this is not. This movie is like most of his movies, which is not to be viewed by human people. Maybe Andrew should watch them. Guess, but can't wait for him to defend the others because this is the best one. That is the worst part of this. Yep, Scream One by a wide margin. The best one. Did you watch all of these movies, Damon? I watched three because after three, I considered for a second going outside and having the sweet water wash me out into the ocean. So that I didn't have to do this anymore. I'm the only one that put myself through the fourth movie. Really, guys? Uh, there's no way. That couldn't I be. I didn't even watch it when it came out. This was literally the first time I watched it. I didn't watch any of these. The only one I had seen before last week was Scream 1. Scream 1 was enough for me. I, I hadn't seen any of the others. I don't think I saw the third one, actually. Um, so, no. I saw the first two when they came out. The third one, I don't think I saw it. Now we get to uh, the problems with this movie. Uh, problem number one. Douglas alluded to it. 
the 30 year old people in high school <laughs> is our problem. <laughs> they don't look like teenagers. Hey. <laughs> None of them look like teenagers. Like if we do if we if we complain about that, that's a complaint of every movie made in the 90s that relate that have high school supposedly high school movies. They're all cast by 30 year olds. Would you like to tell me which teenage movies in the 90s are good? Um, airborne. Right. Ooh. But is it good though? I mean, like Capital G? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's, dumb. It's good with a capital T. Okay. Yeah. Dazed <laughs> yeah. and confused. Absolutely. Yeah. Except. Uh huh. All yeah. those people. Yeah. But right, that is also a knock on that movie. All those people look forty years old. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie though. They stay the same age though. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Much like in this movie, you look at these children and go, boy, these are some old ass children. So the casting director should have been fired. And then you get to them acting, which is where any hope for this movie disintegrates. This is some... Sorry, until I subsequently watched streams two, three, and didn't get to four, uh, this is some of the worst acting I have seen committed to film in a good long time. Because they're in a horror movie, and so their only job is to look surprised when the scary things happen. But Nev Campbell's face is incapable of doing so. She is in the bulk of this movie. And her range goes from stone face to screamy stone face. And it is not endearing. I at no point felt any tension in this movie. It is not helped by the soundtrack either. And I didn't realize that one of the songs that is basically the interstitial to the scenes is the same song that is the opening song for Dexter, which now makes me hate Dexter even more oh. retroactively. <laughs> oh, you want you want something to try and hate? The there is a song on every one of these movies soundtracks that is the opening theme song to Peaky Blinders. So go enjoy that now that you think about that. Good point. I know hate Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Now, we get to the plot. So the, the story is fantastic. It's a horror movie. Uh, so people are killing people. And it is, you're slowly supposed to realize who is doing the murdering. That is where the suspense comes from. But they didn't do that in this one. Uh, what they did, uh, which I assumed was clever in 1996, it's no longer clever in 2020, is that the boyfriend, of course, is the murderer, but they first arrest him and then they give you the flimsiest excuse for him not being the murderer. And then you... Then 15 minutes later, some random guy is in a 
a blockbuster. I think that doesn't exist anymore, by the by. It was fun seeing just a, a rows and rows of movies. So a thing we'll never see again. Uh, and in there, they're like, hey. And then they lay out why he's the murderer. And I went, I don't think this movie knows that I know that this movie is bad and that they're telling me that the guys, like, I won't be impressed when he turns out to be the murderer because you've made it clear on two previous occasions that he's definitely the murderer. And as the movie continues, they keep hinting at him being the murderer. And I don't... Uh, the reveal is part of the thing, right? Because this is Scream 1. It's not, like it's not like Scream 2 or Halloween 7 or whatever it is where the killer just won't die. And so you know who it is. It is, not, it is just now. Let's see how the murders happen. Uh, so the plot is trash. And so we get to the part of horror movies that people usually, you know, remember. The murders. Douglas, tell me one memorable murder in this movie. The one there's the, there's the There's the garage door thing. <laughs> and then there is the nothing else. This movie is two hours long. The 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 van guy, the cameraman's murder is awesome. I'm, I'm going to say right where if, they have the thirty second delay gag. If leading up to that, if there were the technology to stab you through a microphone, I would stab you. <laughs> I promise, if you hit the microphone, I'll feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas would also feel it. <laughs> I don't want to hurt him. As he is are you sure? judging are you this sure? case. He's judging are you the sure? case. Are you sure you wouldn't mind it if it would hurt me in the end point? Would you, I, would I you take that? I can't the judge because the judge would rule against me. Everyone. Knows. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, if we take all the parts of this movie, you take the story, bad. The acting, bad. The murderers. Bad minus no one. Love, no love for the opening scene with Drew Barrymore. No love for that murder. Uh, everything bad. Uh, I, I say to the jurors and the judge, what exactly about this movie is endearing because I'm the jury right now. There is a movie that Thor is in called Cabin in the Woods that I was reluctant to watch. But those people said, what if we took movie tropes and made fun of every single one of them and then came up with something surprising to keep you interested? They knock that shit out the park. There's also Trick or Treat, another movie that looked at scary movies and said, what if we mock all scary movies and then come up with a twist and they knock that shit out the park? So it can be done. Did Scream do it? Obviously not. But that is Andrew's argument. Andrew's argument is that this is not a real scary movie. It is a joke scary movie. But, much like whenever Andrew invokes jokes, see my last argument for girls. You can refer to that 
court case, you don't get to say something is funny if there's no jokes. That is not how funny works. There's no, oh, this is funny and no laughter. Boy, there's a, there's nothing funny about... I didn't chuckle at one time watching this movie. I was actively upset a couple times. That, especially the last scene where the boyfriend gets... Where someone says, this is about the point where the guy who is supposed to be dead would get up from the dead. He gasped, is summarily executed, and the movie ends. And I went, I have three letters for this movie. F, Damon, I have, I have a, a very important question for you. I'd like a moment to interject. Sure. I have I, a I was, very important question for you. Yes. Um, why do you not like Joy? Oh, oh, I have a good answer for this. Uh, because there's no Joy to be had. <laughs> All right, I think these arguments are wrapping up. <clears throat> um, I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to take one moment to like no, cross no, to, no, to, to, re- to cross reference. To cross reference. <laughs> I would like to hear this. I would I'd like to. to I'd like to double cross. I'd like to hit the cross button You're on the PlayStation like button. I need to hear what this, what madness is going to fall from this man's face. <laughs> Um, there's much been said about the cast of this movie, and whilst, oh my god, I don't know what just happened there. Who died? Did Damien just get stabbed by the... Yeah, it makes sense. If we go over to his house, we'll just find uh, um, a, a cordless um, landline phone. I feel like Wes Craven, Wes Craven found his way over there and just stabbed him in the back. <laughs> because he heard too many bad words. Sorry about that. The mic, the mic fell. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, I've returned. Anyways. Right, you're you've come back from the dead, yes. so that I can murder you again right now. Um, <laughs> the there's much been said about the cast of this movie, and whilst whilst I do not deny that these actors are subpar, there are no Daniel Dane Lewis's in here. There are no Jessica Chastains. There are no um, murder she wrote in this movie. Angela Lansbury, like. I will not deny that the actors in this movie are not the names that I would like to say out loud when, say, an Academy Awards is going on. Technically, right? Simon Pegg is in the fourth movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still, I don't think I'd say his name either. Maybe for a writing, writing award, probably. Um, but anyways, the, the thing I want to say, and I want to make abundantly clear is that a film is a team project, right? We even have an award called They Played Hard, right? And while I don't think the acting played hard in this movie, <laughs> if Damien thinks that's where I'm walking with this, I think, I, I think there's something I learned along the way. Um, and what I mean along the way is not along the way with this movie, but along the way in my love of movies, right? Is that... There is this concept that people like to talk about when it comes to making films in which you take the camera, you take the lighting, you take all of these things and you make something beautiful. Also something that isn't necessarily special, right? And I feel like the one thing we tend to not add into that mix of magic is the actor themselves. Wes Craven knew he was dealing with shitty actors. 
he knew they couldn't Nev Campbell's face couldn't even pretend to be what scared looks like to a human being. He knew that Dewey played by played by David Arquette couldn't even come close. Come come close to the Andy Griffith show nonsense of a bumbling detective, right? We know that we have our nice guys out there to show us what a bumbling detective looks like in when done by a perfect actor. But when put all together in this movie, which asked us are you someone who might like a scary movie but have watched way too many of them? We have a movie for you that's going to have fun. You invoked the names of the films such as Trick or Treat or um, I've, I've Cabin forgotten in the, the second Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Um, Your Honor, I'd like to object to, to his interjection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Even though I asked for it. <laughs> Objection overruled. <laughs> Make um, your argument and sit your ass down. <laughs> um there is I'd like to pre I'd like to say that while while we never know what would or couldn't happen, one thing I know outright given the lineage of time, I feel like it's very unlikely that say trick-or-treat when trick-or-treat comes around would be trick-or-treat if it weren't for Scream, right? Scream is the movie that laid down the foundation for those films to exist, right? Maybe it didn't hit us as hard because this is now 24 years old. I tried to do math in my head and I almost said 30 and I was that would have been wrong. Um, 24 years old and it's not the same as what cabin in the woods hits us with today because we've grown older we kn- we know more about scary movies right we've watched things like the babadook we know what scary is um so <laughs> <laughs> uh, so your honor i want to make claim to basically the right that buildings that are really old get which is this movie is a landmark and deserves to be withheld held up in in history as perfection because Damien's an idiot and this movie is fantastic and I I continue to say that I am right I am right I am right. So first uh, off, I just want to make sure I I understand your the main crux of your argument, mm-hmm. which is that because people watched this movie and hated it they were inspired to make actual good movies? Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yes. Well, I'd skip the hate part of that. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> okay. And the I'm pretty point... sure those people love that movie. I'd, I'm pretty sure nobody watched, watched, watched this movie and went, you know, that movie's trash. Because those people are Paul Thomas Anderson and he went and he made completely different things. <laughs> I'm okay. pretty sure Chris Nolan saw this film and went, I'm never making a horror movie. <laughs> well, Andrew, based on the strength of your argument, I will agree with your proposed sentence, which is to have this movie withheld from everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying it has to come off of Prime now? <laughs> yes. Also, oh, please. <laughs> also, Andrew, uh, Halloween is a movie, right? Oh, that movie is so good. I love right. that movie. Is The Ring a movie? It is. So those movies would have come out independent of ever seeing Scream. Because The Ring is adapted from a Japanese movie that that came out well before Scream came out. 
And Halloween came out decades before Scream came out. But Halloween doesn't mock the slasher movie. It is the slasher movie. Right. But Scream is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how The Ring gets into this. It's been a long time since I've seen The Ring. Yeah, neither do I. I think Damien's a little off in this argument. I'm saying, I'm saying horror movies existed from all over before Scream. And Scream mocking these movies, Andrew claims, is what led to Trick or Treat and Cabin in the Woods. And my argument is, even without Scream, people would have mocked horror movies. (laughs) But how would they have known how to without Jamie Kennedy telling them the rules of how to do it? You're right. You're right. That's my one and only question. You're right. right. No one else thought to... There's definitely not Japanese films mocking old Japanese horror movies. But sincerely, but sincerely, (laughs) let's talk about Matthew Lillard in this movie. I get Mm -hmm. it. Matthew Lillard is a shitty actor, right? I get it. He was in Scooby-Doo, right? We don't like to talk about people who are in fucking Scooby-Doo I love and put them, By and the put way, them in... We love no. to talk about people in Scooby-Doo. No. You know who's in Scooby-Doo? What's her face? What's her face indeed? Her <laughs> <laughs> name again? Uh-huh. I, I, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams is in Scooby-Doo. I was actually surprised when I made it to Scream 3 and saw Emily Mortimer. I'm like, holy shit. Yep, I know. <laughs> I know. No, but Andrew... No, no. Part of Andrew's argument is that they knew that the actors are bad. They picked bad actors to be in this m- mock you horror movie. So they assumed that all the actors in the subsequent movies would also have been bad. Or were they just taking act- random actors off the street at that point? I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett Smith is in the second movie. So, yes, yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is. Is it okay? Um, so was I the only one, right? felt and it's probably because i watched the first one the, the first two movies i watched in two days i watched the first one on one day and then the next day i watched the second one was i the only person who on starting watching the second one said oh they realized they didn't have any black people in the first movie <laughs> yep yep <laughs> um and the only thing i could say is in the second one first of all all movies get better when timothy oliphant is in it that is correct right? Um, number one, number two, they continue the tropes of black people dying first. Yep. Right. Number three, the woman should have listened to her black friend because then she would have still had a black friend. Because uh, of course she doesn't die. The black friend does. Also, right? Heather makes all movies worse. <laughs> um, but more importantly, um, I want to talk about my favorite fucking thing about Scream Three, which is oh, first of all, first of all, Luke Wilson. Being first of all. Oh yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Luke Wilson screen too. By the way, was I the only one who thought that Luke Wilson actually really looked a lot like David Arquette at that time? <laughs> like for a half a second, I was like, did they? Because this would be the only time that I'd give them props for doing something. Now that funny, you mention it, which yes. is which is that I, I thought for a second, did they actually have David Arquette? in this movie and have him watching himself in this movie and pretending like it wasn't him because that actually would have been kind of like Douglas that would take skill that would, <laughs> that would take skill and planning and effort 
And that's not what the screen And then after about about. 10 seconds, I realized, oh, no, it's Lucas. (laughs) So, Douglas, you can tell me. I don't remember how awful Scream 4 is. But right now, Scream 3 is... Like, 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 I I love Scream 1. Uh I enjoy Scream 2. Scream 3, (laughs) Scream 3 is pure and utter trash. Right? Let's put Um, it this way, Andrew. I think... The first Scream is far and away, like Damien, the best Scream movie out of all of the four. Mm-hmm. I don't like Scream 1. I don't like the first Scream. Right. So, if you go in from... forcing yourself to rank them, where would four land? All four at, at zero. I mean... Damien, yeah. you don't know how to rank movies. I understand <laughs> this. <laughs> yes, as my letterbox will attest, I do not know how to rank movies. <laughs> They get progressively worse, Andrew. So you're day. saying it's just a continued dive down. Yes, yeah. it is. Right? The arrow is pointing um, downwards. Yeah. Um, Scream 3 has like is utter trash. There's nothing in it I really love. But there's something about movies that are that bad where you find, as Douglas likes to put it, gems that you hold on to that, once again, probably aren't that great to begin with. But because you're in this trash movie, you're like fushing around looking for something to enjoy. Um, the point at which Jamie Kennedy reappears as a taped video had me dying with laughter. If only because I'm like, why isn't Jamie Kennedy back? Jamie Kennedy needs to come back because it's so dumb. How did they not do this? Can they have a flashback scene? But no, he tapes himself and says, I have to tell you the rules of the trilogy in case I die, which is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Also, didn't realize that um, Bishop from Aliens is in this movie. Uh, Parker Posey is in that movie. Mm-hmm. Jenny McCarthy is in that movie. Yep. So actually, I, Princess I Leia is in that I, movie. Thank you. I want to talk <laughs> a little, a little bit, right? Yes. So all of you guys have said all of the points that I have, and and to be honest, these movies were so bad that I've literally made no notes, right? About you anything. don't have to. Because yeah, I don't I don't have much to say. I started but, out making notes. I put oh yeah. dimension films. I remember them. And a young <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Um and I wrote Stop Love Man. Cause yep. if she she wasn't flirting with the guy on the phone. Uh-huh. And then I had to stop taking notes because boy. Yeah. But I just want to say a couple of things, right? Um, because my position is clear, your position is clear, all of your positions are clear. Um, but I'm just going to call out a few names. Kristen Bell, Anna Paquin, Liev Schreiber, Drew Barrymore, Charlie Conway, Jerry O'Connell, Jada Pinkett, Emma Roberts, Omar Epps, Heather Graham, Patrick Dempsey, Kevin Smith, Carrie Fisher, Parker Posey. All of these people are in. And this isn't even the total number of famous people, like super famous people. All of these fairly, like, above average to extremely famous people are are spread out um, in a four-movie spread. Usually, you don't get that kind of um, star power in, oh, in 10 film? movies, in much film? less four, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't even said all of them, right? There, there are quite a few more people, like the fans and all of the other people. Um, this, these movies have so much star power in them it's crazy and 
Especially in 90s star power. Exactly. And like you kind of understand it after the first one to say, oh, it was such a big hit. You know, more people would want to go. But again, you usually get like a cameo and uh, one or two big leading roles. You don't get every fucking person being um, putting up their hand and saying, yes, please, I'd like to work on this thing. Mm -hmm. I like free money. Um, it, what it, I don't need to act and you guys will pay me money <laughs> Done. It's, it's actually discombobulating to see the amount of people because I as I said I watched the first two movies when they came out I don't think I watched the others at all um, and I don't even remember at the time thinking oh look at all of these famous people mm-hmm. it, but, and I wonder honestly to what degree they had fame at the time like I'm not so, sure I would have known Timothy Oliphant at the time. Right. You I wouldn't probably know wouldn't have known time. Um, and there are a couple of other people that but I think Courtney I would Cox have known. was like a Oh yeah, super Courtney mega Cox star. was a star at the time. Look, right? they had friend. Buffy the Vampire Slaying. Oh movie. yeah, mm-hmm. she was on my list. I just didn't say it. Like all sorts of people are in this movie. Uh, these movies. And it's a testament to how wrong the world can be, right? Um, The other thing, and I want to, Damien has said it. I don't know if he said it in these words, but I want to reiterate. Here is the real problem with these movies. These movies think they're comedies, but they're not. Mm -hmm. In order to be a comedy, you have to be funny. And you have to um, try to be funny because... The truth is they're not trying to be funny. What this is, is it is um, somebody who has done something for a very long time who believes that makes him an expert in something trying to, to, to do a master class, right? He's not laughing at the things that he's pointing out. He's simply pointing them out. Right. And, and then making the same, doing the same things. Exactly. It's like, oh, this is what would happen in a horror movie. Yeah. And then doing the same thing that would happen. Like, that is not so this, satire. These, exactly. <laughs> these movies don't feel like satire. They don't feel like making fun of, of the movies. The most I can stretch and give it, give it to them is that um, they're doing it poorly or they, they think they're a satire. But really and truly, all this is because they're being so um, obtuse, not obtuse, so transparent about it, is the, what it really is, is a, a pale um, or a watered-down version of a horror movie. That's all this movie is. That's all all of these movies are. Watered-down versions of horror movies because they don't actually commit, right? Because they sold this to people like Andrew that it's it's a comedy or it's it's a satire of the thing. But really, it's just pointing out that these are the rules that we follow and um, stopping there as opposed to simply following the rules and making it uh, scary or entertaining or whatever it is, because it's not any of those things. The only good thing to come out of Scream is that the year later... Come on, put out his album. <laughs> and he has a lyric on the track called Hungry. That is one of my favorite lyrics of all time. Where he said, 
you sat by the door spooked like he was West Craven. And the first time I heard that, probably in 98, I was smiling. And I've smiled every single time I've heard that track. The thousand or so times I've listened to that track throughout the last... what? Well, how much years was that, Andrew? You said 38? Something like that. Years <laughs> I've listened to it. Uh, it is the only good part of Scream coming out. That Common has one of my favorite lyrics of all time in any rap song. Uh, nothing else good came out of Scream. I'm sure people send their children through school, but I don't know those people and I don't care about their children. Nothing good came out of Scream. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible franchise. And I would like Andrew to apologize for making me have to watch Scream 2 and 3. Well, I Douglas, didn't make I'm, you watch 2 Douglas, and 3. I'm, I'm just making that, this perfectly clear. Douglas, I'm sorry that you had to watch Scream 4 by yourself. Um, <laughs> I, I could, in solidarity, watch Scream 4 at some point. You but should. I have to tell you honestly, I don't think I'm going to do that for you. Damien, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are in Scream. 4. I don't care. <laughs> Damien, I, I you, saw three you, screams. You saw, I think, I think he's the third one. Kevin Smith is in that. I think so. Yeah, they're yeah, in there yeah. as they're in there yeah. as their characters. Um, G and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's bad. The the Weinstein stretch exists. Fucking, oh. Oh, Scream 4? Alison Brie is in Scream 4. But still no. Yeah, I remember that. I, rem- I think I went to the theater to watch Scream 4, you but I've completely not. forgotten the entire thing you about that movie. You went to the movies to watch Scraform? I'm pretty sure I did. Scraform. Really? <laughs> I remember Scraform. we were doing the podcast when Scraform came out. Oh, jeez. That's how long we've been doing this podcast, by the way. But Scraform. How did you go? <laughs> I didn't even know that. Wow. Oh. I have a review up on the site posted in 2011 of Scraform. You, sir, are an idiot. (laughs) So it took them, what was that, 11 years to come up with some great new script for Scraform, and you're saying it's trash? Oh, it's trash. No, I mean Nev Campbell was still in it and Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Mm-hmm. This is the time when they were no the shine had worn off mm-hmm. of all of those people. So this was Are you guys looking forward to Scream Five in a couple of years? Of course. I mean when this whole pandemic thing is done and we can go to the movies I'm again, we can watch Scream Five. I'm definitely signing up for that. I'll have new friends by then because I'll never be speaking to you. But sure, and I'll use you asking me to watch Scream Five as a reason for ending our friendship. But sure, sure we can watch Scream Five. There's a world that that will happen. I guarantee. So, so at this stage, I'd like to say that I I rest my arguments. Yep. My arguments rest. Yep. That's what that's what arguments do. It is. Um, it is a house built on watery sand on sticks that are already on fire. <laughs> I'd like the court to let us know its verdict. Andrew, you are guilty. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> oh. Like in trash. <laughs> yes. You're a trash sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the worst kind of transfer. <laughs> You've looked out on a sea of garbage and said, "Oh, there's one thing I think I like. <laughs> we must save <laughs> this garbage <laughs> because people have." In Andrew's head, people saw it and said, I can do this much, much better and made good movies. Discounting hmm? the people that saw it and go, I can do this much, much worse for less money and a worse movie. Because those also happened, Andrew. A lot of those happened. Uh, I think it means the Wayans brothers filthy rich. Yep. Oh, that is also stream. By the way, by the that way, is also is, Scream's that fault. That is Scream's fault. And is it sad that while I was watching the first movie, and I think it was Drew Bar Barrymore that was running out, in my head, I was confused. Because I remember watching her run out and her clothes randomly fell off. And then I realized, wait, no, that's scary movie. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> you know what surprised me watching these movies again is that it's, it's, they're all rated R movies. Right, mm -hmm. and what? they play in a yeah, they're te they're no, all they're rated not. R. Yes, they are. Douglas only in the nineties, you couldn't stab people. Only the right? fourth one sounds like it's rated R because they actually no. say naughty words. Yeah, because but that was twenty eleven. <laughs> there are no naughty words in this at all. So it doesn't. There's no naked R people. There's yeah. no yeah, that, That's what I'm saying. It's all rated R movies. But watching this movie now, I don't know if it's that I'm older and therefore there these things don't hurt offend me or anything. But watching these movies right now, I'm like, these feel like they should be PG-13. Yes, these feel do. like they're made for teenagers. Yep. Right? And like they, remember, they, they directly avoided nudity so that you could play it for teenagers. And you remember, they had to make creative decisions to make Batman, The Dark Knight, not rated R. That movie is a children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can show that to literally anybody. <laughs> No one ever saw Batman and went, this is too much. <laughs> no. Uh, so there was a time where the ratings people uh, were buck wild. Um, I mean, I always like to point to um, Indiana Jones 2, Temple mm -hmm. of Doom, where they're ripping out people's hearts, literally. Yeah. PG-13. No, that's PG. Oh, is it PG or PG-13? Yeah, I think it's PG because I don't think they had PG-13 at the time. Yeah, I think that's I feel like the, I, I feel like the story... Didn't... So, yeah, that's PG. I think the yeah. story is, however, that, like, Indiana Jones basically created the PG-13. Like, yeah, some asshole saw that. Yeah, third one or something like that. Right. that yeah. Some asshole yeah. saw that and went, like, we can't have children see this. <laughs> yeah. Because um, yeah. then they'll want to rip out hearts? You people are stupid. <laughs> He's killed... 14,000 people in this movie. <laughs> it was okay, but no. No, this is too far. You people are stupid. Yeah, you're right. The Last Crusade is the first one that's PG-13. Yeah. Movies are dumb. Uh, this movie this movie could be played to, to children. Children would laugh at Scream 1. No one will laugh at Scream anything else. Scream 1, you can and they're just like, this is stupid and I don't like you anymore, father. Yeah. You One thing I will say, right? And this is my um secret, well not secret, but my um confession for the day is that I actually have a soft spot. I know he's bad, but just generally I have a soft spot for Matthew Lillard. I think he is the right level of 
not good combined with the right level of I know and I'm just making fun of it in almost everything he does. Yeah, but he doesn't have any range. I agree. He I don't need deserve... I don't need my actors to have range, you know. I don't like, need the people that I like to have any he, range. No, That's why I is, like Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant has is, no range. Yeah, but, Hugh Grant is always Hugh but, Grant. But, but, the thing <laughs> is, he has no range and is always in bad movies. Like, yes, he is always in bad movies. It's, it's not <laughs> like Swashinig, like most action people yeah. have no range. Yeah. The Rock is rangeless. But <laughs> there are a couple movies that you forgive all the garbage for. What are those movies for Matthew Lillard? <laughs> I don't know what movies you're talking about. I, I, I can't even justify it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying how I feel. <laughs> oh, it's a irrational like for Matthew. Yes, Lillard. yes. I'll, I'll, listen, I have that for what's her name from um, that TV oh, show. I know who you're talking. With the girl um, with the waps. Yeah, waps. My God. So, oh right, we can't call them that anymore. Damn it. What? Um, Damn it. We can't. Uh, Two broke girls. I see. Yeah, I know. I see her in front of my face. Um, Nora. Oh, it's because Nick and Nora. She's in. Are I'm like, you saying I'm Kat to Dennings? Think of her as Nora. Kat yes, Dennings. Kat, Kat Dennings. Dennings is not good in anything. She has nothing to contribute to to film. But I I would I like, like to I would like you to take that out because. In what is quite possibly the worst thing she's ever existed in, that being Thor 2, the movie we don't talk about. I'm sorry, there's a Thor 2? She is the best thing about that movie. Um, there Andrew, are points in that movie where she just lets off jokes. Andrew, two things. Andrew, One, the bar. That's Andrew. not a compliment. <laughs> yes, that, Andrew, that bar two, is rooted to the floor. Two, um, I've watched that movie recently. There is Why? nothing good about that movie, did including that? her. <laughs> because when I say recently, it might have been a year ago. Remember when I went oh, through oh, the yeah, whole oh, Marvel right, thing? Right, right, yeah. right. I forgot that you did that. Yeah. You should have just skipped that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I immediately deleted it. I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I don't own that movie. <laughs> I think it is the only Marvel movie I've only seen once. I've seen all of them at least twice. Yeah. Even even the early Hulk movies, I've seen more than I've seen Ang Lee's Hulk more than once. Oh, but I thought I thought you loved Ed Norton's Hulk. The two of them. No, no, no. Let's, let's move right along. Nothing to see here. Ooh, Lee's nothing Hulk. to see here. The Hulk is so much better than Iron Man. Fuck. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ang Lee didn't make the Ed Norton Hulk. No, I know, I know. I, I just because you spoke about the Hulk and you spoke about them as a group, I have oh. decided to pick on Ed Norton's Hulk. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> go, go right ahead. <laughs> you feel free. Uh, at this point, I'm willing to accept. The, I'll take the L. Uh, on the, the Hulk v Iron Man, the Iron Man thing panned out. The Hulk thing did not. In I fact, mean... in fact, the last time I saw the Hulk in the final movie, it made me more upset than a lot of things. That Hulk that is not smashing things, I no thank you. You know, while I think we've done many arguing on this podcast, I like to move away from starting a Hulk argument. Oh, no, there's no more argument. I am not willing. That's not a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, much like you died tonight on the Scream Hill. <laughs> alone. 
with no one inside. First of all, the movie I died in was Stab 3. <laughs> That's the movie I died in. Um, this is another war horse situation where I look at you forever and go, I don't even understand what is happening here. <laughs> I, I look really at need you to, I really need to um, bring down a ruling on this Warhorse war horse situation. Douglas, here's how confident I am that Warhorse is a bad movie. <laughs> I, you can name anything. Andrew gets to name anything if Douglas likes that movie. <laughs> and I'll give it to him. If I get a PS5 and he does not, and Douglas likes Warhorse, I will fly <laughs> Even though illegally, I'll fly there and give it to you. <laughs> That's how confident I am that that move is bad. Will you quarantine before you give it to me? It doesn't, I'll do anything that I need to do. Okay. <laughs> Here's how I know that movie is bad. No one even mentions Warhorse. <laughs> like, not even the internet. There's no, there's nothing around. Like, it doesn't come up until I bring it up. <laughs> I'm the only person talking about the quality of Warhorse. That is how forgettable a movie Warhorse is. It is bad. So I think it's a good time for us to move on. Yes. To, um, to what though? What, what are we doing? <laughs> to continue our conversation of one Mr. David Lean. So we move from the, the horror master. Oh no. I want more, sir. Oh more. no. Oh, Jesus. Why did it have to come to this? The horror master of West Craven. To David Lean taking a look at one Mr. Charles Dickens and the story of Oliver Twist. Do you know what this is? And if you speak a word when we're outside, you'll get a bullet through your head without warning. What's become of the boy? The traction got him, and that's all about it. So yeah. Yep. Um Written by Dickens, directed by Lean, and they still want more. Douglas, take it away. Sure. So um, I don't have a lot to say about this movie. But I want to put it up front. This movie is fucking horrible. Um, it suffers from an acute case of old movie-itis and just never was good from the, the get-go. It, it's one of those movies that literally feels like it's playing in staccato. It um, it tells a story or tries to tell the story of the Dickens book, but it doesn't flow and you, it never feels entertaining. It never feels like uh, a story that I want to sit down and, and hear or watch or, or see. Um, it feels like, it almost feels like some sort of, fucking documentary it's it's told poorly um the probably the best part of this movie is just how ridiculous the miser fella looks i don't even know what his name is just that he calls his children darlings and sweethearts um and has people murdered uh but this movie takes leaps and bounds um and just doesn't care if you don't know where you're going or or where you are and it doesn't it it as i said the old movie itis it doesn't um earn any of the things that happen in it right 
obviously this is based on a book which i would hope is actually written well which is why it's so loved um but if the book is like this if 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 the um essentially this is a book oh boy um but dickens was paid by the word so i'm sure he actually you know explained what happened um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um and and that's the issue right so for example and i'm just going to spoil the shit out of it because it's a dickens book from 100 years ago there are at least 50 versions of this goddamn movie and i hope one of them is good i, I think both the book and the movie are in public domain <laughs> yeah exactly point. that's his point so um there's a point where so okay Oliver Twist is an orphan. And first of all, it starts... Okay, let's, let's actually go through this movie step by step. It starts with this woman who is pregnant, like, just walking through a storm because I guess that's what pregnant women do and trying very hard because she has one goal. In I can life. attest. Yep. Mm-hmm. And her main goal is to make sure that she bears this child into a workhouse. That's the most important thing for her. And she does that. And this movie does what all bad movie do, movies do, which is right after she bears this child, she dies, and then the movie makes sure to point out very clearly to you that she has something nice that is going Wait. to play a big part in the reveal of who she and her son. No, 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 Douglas, we already talked about Bahubali. That was like weeks ago. <laughs> Right. So and and so from from it started there. I was just like, at, at first I said, "All right, it's an old movie. Let's allow it. Let's just give it this one thing." Especially because I really have enjoyed, to varying degrees, the the other movies that we've watched from Lean so far. Um, but it, it's clear that this was. I don't know if this is super early in his career because I know the, this is the early Lean career that we're going through. I don't know if this is very early. I imagine it's not because um, this is probably something he really wanted to do. This is considered a classic. So this was probably him saying, hey, I have a little bit of clothes. I wanted this thing. Um, but, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, the, the movie, it jumps. And some jumps are okay. But... You know, even simple things like the one thing that wasn't too bad was when they played the joke of, um, you know, the famous line. The only line that I really knew from this movie, uh, because I, I've never watched any other movies, I've never read the book, which is Oliver Twist going up to the front of the line, having already had one whole helping of shit food to say, please, sir, can I have more of your shit food? Mm-hmm. Um, immediately, you you pan to a sign, not pan, you, you you cut to a sign that says, boy for sale, five pounds, which, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never earn anything, right? So you have to assume that his life is bad because you don't really see it. You have to then assume um, things about how he would react to certain situations because instead of laying any groundwork for his ridiculous reactions to things like somebody saying something fairly innocuous about his mother. Um, 
you just see the ridiculous reaction, right? Um, and things like, and this was a big thing for me. When, first of all, first of all, he gets fingered for stealing a handkerchief from somebody. Fine. In 1922, stealing handkerchiefs were punishable by death. I understand this, right? But he gets off, and immediately the handkerchief uh, owner takes him in. Of course, he's a, a, a very rich man. And he... You kind of get the impression... Actually, you don't get the impression... Because of because at this point I realized this was all movie itis, I decided that he essentially became family, right? And um, then he runs away or is stolen. And like how I'm describing this movie is how this movie plays, right? I am describing it badly on purpose because that's how this movie plays if you watch it through. And um, you get snippets of things but even those snippets don't feel coherent and um you you just kind of have to assume based on your understanding of story dynamics what this story probably is and that's not how i like to watch movies i like to enjoy the movie that i'm watching not the movie that i have to imagine in my fucking head and i'm sorry guys this movie is god awful there's no excuses for it. Damien? Sorry. I'm sorry. What's happening here? Um, would you like some more? No, 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 thank you. No, I have had uh, enough of Dickens for one, <laughs> maybe 14 lifetimes. Um, Oliver Twist falls in the Shane. And um, what's the other one that I've read and hit? Um, God damn it. I'm forgetting the name of this book. But there's a couple literary masterpieces I've been told um, to like. And I hate, I hated the books. And when they're adapted to film, I've hated the films as well. <laughs> Uh, and Oliver Twist, I've seen two versions. I think there's another one that came out in 1960-something. I saw that version as well. I hear there's one that was made in the 90s. I don't think for by BBC. I haven't seen that one. But I've seen two versions of this movie, and both of the versions are bad because I believe the book is a bad book. It might be, but Damien, I have to say, the book has nothing to do with how bad this movie is. Oh, no. I'm not going to add, because I'll just be repeating the things you said. <laughs> so I'm not adding, I'm not going to go back over <laughs> the technical problems of this movie. <laughs> no, nothing about this movie is endearing itself to me in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the best thing I can say about this movie is that uh, it ends. <laughs> it, at some point, uh, the movie has had to stop. 
that it is two hours long and it felt 14, but hey, if you if you just keep staring at the screen, the movie ends. And then you can go back and watch better David Lean movies. Don't old movies know they're only allowed to be like 90 minutes? Yeah, I thought that about Scream as well. I was just like, this has to be 90 minutes. There's no way this movie is two hours. It's on 90s movies. You weren't allowed to make a movie for two hours in the 90s. I think the first one is 90 minutes, isn't it? The no, first Scream one... 1 is two hours. Yeah. So can you oh, imagine, wow. imagine my night last night, Damien and Andrew, <laughs> where I had to watch not one, but two very bad two-hour movies back-to-back. I was not pleased. You said had to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, Oliver Twist. All I know about this movie is that it's based on a Dickens movie and it's directed by David Lean, and that's partially because I didn't finish watching the movie. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I got like 30 minutes in and I just couldn't finish it today. <laughs> I went to the dentist today. Oh, I couldn't. American Pastoral is the book. Is the other book that I remember. Oh, I'm actually that one. That's I'm a, actually sad to hear you guys say that about the book. That American Pastoral is? What's that? Is it Jake Gyllenhaal that did that movie recently? Or was it Ewan McGregor? Ewan McGregor did. Ewan McGregor did. Yeah, yeah. I never did watch that. You shouldn't. It's yeah, no, good. it looks yeah, it looks bad. <laughs> not good. Book is good. Very bad things about that book. Yeah. I, I'm sorry about that movie. I remember kind of directed by you and McGregor because I like you and McGregor a lot, even though he doesn't do a lot of good things. It's it's a weird thing, you know. It's you're not allowed to not love Obi Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. No, that's bad. I'm going to oh. watch a show when it comes out. Also, Catcher and the Rye is a bad book. Look, and anyway. no, everyone, everyone understands that all of the prequel movies are awful. However, <laughs> Obi-Wan, Ewan's McGregor playing Obi-Wan is delicious. Nope. It there's is only, perfection. There's only one good thing about those prequel movies. It has nothing to do with Obi-Wan. It's all about Ryan Philippi saying, your, what was it? Your skin is... Um, rough like sand or some shit like, that. like just oh, oh fuck i hate that whole yeah thing. it's so ridiculous <laughs> like every time and i don't watch that movie often every time i saw that i was just like really really dude wow <laughs> so yeah guys i'm sorry i didn't see this david lee movie <laughs> i hate it so much it's really bad andrew it's really really bad it's yeah. actually upsetting because I was looking forward to this, not because it was a part of our David Lean thing, but um, there's a film which I kind of want you guys to watch, the the David Copperfield movie, which is yeah. also based on a Dickens book, I which I really that. like that movie, right? So to hear like Damien specifically is, like go on about the book and Dickens, no. I'm like... Hey, so there are Dickens books that I do like. I'm saying specifically for this one. Okay, cool. It is bad. Right. <laughs> Um, guys, please go watch that Copperfield movie. I will. I will. I want to watch Especially it. Especially like now it. that I see the news that it will be streaming before the end of the year. Yeah, man. I like what's his face. Um, Mr. Man. I look forward to watching that movie again. Um, um, Dickens wrote Great Expectations, which is one of my favorite books of all time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great Expectations. That um, Ethan Hart movie. 
So moving right along. It sounds like you haven't read Great Expectations, Andrew. Um, there are many things you haven't read. You can fill libraries with what I've not read. And I, think have. Have, I think they have filled libraries with the things you haven't read. Um, unless we're talking like manga and comic books, and there are probably Andrew, some... You continue to perplex me. The <laughs> fact that you are alive today and like a functioning member of society. It is... It scared me for many years and it continues to baffle me. Because you, since I've known you, have sh- there's things, there are places where our interests align. And then there are things that I assumed everyone just knows because you have to. And the only people that subs know, better know. than dubs. That's what everyone knows, right? Because you have to know subs only, better than dubs. The only thing that people, the only times people don't know certain information is because they've gone out of their way and not gotten those pieces of information. And then I talk to Douglas, and Douglas has a lot of the information. And somehow you just skated, but you're just like, I don't know geography. I don't know cultures. I don't, you just, I don't know books. <laughs> There's just so many things that I think are, it's just like basic information that Andrew's just like, I can't, I can't. World news? I don't have time for this. <laughs> and I don't know how, you, I don't know how you made it. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I read graphic novels. I know. Uh, there was one day, a couple of weeks ago, Douglas and I were talking about um, just like world things, like world related things, right? And we we're talking and at some point Douglas left. But because Douglas is the boss, people don't interact with Douglas like how they interact with me. And so when Douglas left, uh, one of the people in the office is just like, how do you guys know this? <laughs> I went, the news? <laughs> the news is how. And she's like, I, I watch the news. I'm like, yeah, that is where the, the information, we didn't just pull it out of thin air. It's not a champion thing. It is the news. <laughs> you have to watch. The, like it's, the, it's called the news. <laughs> you have to pretend. And... Then she said uh, something that I will laugh at her for the remainder of her days. Uh, she says that she wants to see the um, pyramids. And I said, all right, let's see how much a flight from Jamaica to Cairo is. And then she said, no, she the, the pyramids are in Egypt. And I said... <laughs> You have to stay here with me. I, <laughs> I looked at her for long enough, here. and then she's like, she, I paused for long enough and was staring at her, and she's like, Kyra's in Egypt, isn't it? And I said, You have to stay here with me. You don't get to go anywhere. <laughs> you have to stay with me till you learn where places are. You stay with me. You're not flying anywhere. You're staying with me. <laughs> I mean, I thought you learned that by watching movies like The Mummy or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Like, those are the movies that teach you those things. But, Andrew, yeah. you watch enough movies, I thought there'd be like context clues. Like, you'd get some of the information vicariously. But you don't. <laughs> you, don't you don't seem to. <laughs> and you seem to have no interest in finding that information. You're just like, listen, 
the news is for smart people. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what it is. Uh, but now to find out that there's books that I assumed everyone has at least seen or read, and you're just like, nah, <laughs> not for me. I was reading. Uh, what was the ninja one? What was the ninja one? That was popular when we were in school. Andrew? The ninja one? Yeah, man. Um, Hokage. What is the name of that one? Ninja Gaiden. Oh, Naruto? You're Naruto. talking about... Right. Are we talking about anime? Okay, right. cool. I thought we were talking about oh, okay. book books. No, and I was yeah, like, I, I don't know if I can answer I, your question. Andrew is just like, I was reading Naruto. I don't have time to read books. <laughs> Uh, you're uh, you're a delight, Andrew Robinson. Anyways, that, don't watch, don't watch. I feel like Damon is going to be like, I read the original Shogun book. No, I'm like, there are like a couple books that everyone should read <laughs> before they are a certain age. That the world would have told you at some point, hey, you're getting to be an adult now. You should probably take a look at some of these books. And you, you have just gone, nah. <laughs> I don't need to. Which is like you is there any Dickens book that you've read, Andrew? Like it's Charles Dickens. Nope. How? How? You went to school. I went to school with you. How did it? It was it wasn't a, it wasn't in the literature class I had to read. <laughs> Fair point. Fair, all right, never mind. I apologize. <laughs> I've read one Jane Austen book, and it was yeah. because it was part of the SAT course Jesus I was doing. Christ. And I fucking hated every minute of reading that book. But Andrew, you love movies so much. I never mind. I thought you'd have just fell backwards into reading some of these books. You have you read the Lord of the Rings books? I read The Hobbit. I wait, can't do wait, this what? anymore. I cannot do this with Andrew, you anymore. You didn't read the Lord. Andrew, I I've never read the Lord of the Rings. I've never read the Lord of the Rings. I literally could have gone into my bedroom when um, I was with this I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've picked up your book, Douglas. I never, I picked it up and I went, this is too heavy like, and I didn't read it. I I've read that Lord of the Rings book at least twice. Probably not more. with you, Andrew. <laughs> So, like, even Harry Potter's, you are just like, not there's. I, stop, I stopped at five. What? I never read past five. Oh, my God. Jesus. Well, at least you read some. All right, I'm giving you points. I'm giving, I'm giving you points for reading Harry Potter. Well, yeah. Douglas and Nicholas would race reading those books. Yeah, we'll like, like, like by the time the five came out, I was just like, I don't give a shit. I'll just so, watch movies. Those so movies Damon, are dope. You think we lived in the same house? Yeah. You think we'd share the book, right? Yeah, no, we each bought our own book because we all wanted. We both just wanted yeah, man. No, I've met you people. You guys did that with movies, too, which is the craziest thing. So I know that is the type of shenanigans you guys get up to. But for Andrew to never pick up the Lord of the Rings, I mean, I physically picked it up once or twice. I need, I need someone to build the knife stabbing technology through microphones so I can stab Andrew. <laughs> I actually wish I had time to read. Like, I don't anymore. It's there, called audiobooks, Douglas. There, there, there are people like Kurt Vonnegut, who I know I love. Um, audiobooks. Tom Robbins. 
audible.com that, and that is something i've tried i've done i've done audible i've signed up to audible like probably three times in my life i've mm-hmm. bought like books off audible and I'm, there are a few i've listened to or as damien would say i've read um i have the issue with audible in that even though i know i do this to podcasts but i feel with podcasts as their content structure it doesn't happen to me as often because the storyline is so important i'm paying attention the details are so important like i lose the thread listening to the book most times when you guys do you guys listen to music but like just music like just sitting down headphones on or speakers on i don't know andrew does it at this point not a lot anymore, and just shut yeah. your eye and listen to music not, a not lot as much as i used to like when i was in high yeah. school okay right i don't know i don't know what to say to to you but andrew there are some good books out here you should uh and even when i'm doing it now like nowadays yeah. when i was in school I do it definitely. Yeah, because you had nothing but time. Yeah, <laughs> but nowadays when I do it, you mm-hmm. always end up on your phone. So it's not truly you're not truly okay. straight yeah. up listening. You're listening and reading Twitter or the internet or whatever. You know. Uh, Honestly, I think I think the time that I spend the most focused on it. Um, I mean, there are albums that I've done that for intentionally. Um, where I'll see it out and I'm like, all right. So like, I think the Fiona Apple album, when it came out, I was like, all right, now nah, I need to sit down and like I take this in. Listen to all of that album. Right. Um, but I think the time I spent the most with music where I actively listen to it without doing anything that's active is probably when I used to, before this whole pandemic, when I used to commute to work and I would just be like sitting on the subway for like 40, 40 minutes right i can't say that yeah right so, so and there are certain people that I, i'll end up doing that with by accident because their their stuff is so good and i get deep into it and the last person that that was for me was was this um this musician by the name of namdi his music is just so odd but yet so rooted in you know what i like like hip-hop-ish kind of music that it's it's great it just keeps going Okay. All right. But yeah, I think yeah. we're, we're actually on a podcast. Are we on yeah. a podcast? What? Yeah. So, the, oh, we're talking we were, about we were Oliver talking about Dickens. Yeah. <laughs> this Oliver Twist movie is bad. Uh, um, and then I was trying to segue us away into just being like, let's talk about the rest of the shit we want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so I can talk about what I've watched this week. Yes, Douglas, kick it off. Anything. Uh, I spent this week watching fucking scream movies. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. Literally a couple of things. Uh, I turned on Hulu one night and didn't realize that John Bronco was already on Hulu. Oh, I didn't know that. Watch that yet. So, so long, is that long? Is, I watched John Bronco. Uh, the other thing I didn't realize is it's not actually a movie. It's a 40-minute long short. Um, so I is watched it good? It. Not really. Um, it is so. So I mean, he is always great, right? Mm-hmm. He gives it a hundred and ten percent. But it's not. I mean, maybe you can find something in there because it is what it promises, right? So if you watch that trailer and wanted to see more of that trailer, you definitely get more of that trailer. But for me, it just didn't enter into 
that super ridiculous sphere that I wanted it to go to. Uh, the other thing. So you're saying it's not the Jesus show? No, it's not. It's it's like a mockumentary. I thought it might have been like a proper narrative, but it really is a documentary about this fake person. Um, I do want to talk about something else, though, because while I did not really enjoy that, even though I appreciated some of the things, there's something that I was extremely surprised still haven't finished it yet, but I'm always in. I have been watching a television show presented to be my, me by Steve. Steve Netflix said to me, and I laughed in his face. He said to me, Douglas, I think you're going to like this television show. I said, absolutely not. Why would I like it? He says, listen, there's a girl in it. I say, yeah, so I don't care. He says, listen. There's a girl in it that plays chess. I said, so what? Guys, is this show good? Oh my God, this show is fucking good. Queen's I Gambit can be a good show. I know. It, it can't, can't be. be. How can Queen's so Gambit I wanted to, be? I want to tell you, Douglas, I got upset at uh-huh. this thing because I saw it was coming out and I was yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. And then it hit Netflix. And then I got disappointed because I thought it was a fucking movie. Uh-huh. And then when I realized it was going to be like, what, eight to ten episodes of a TV show, I'm like, I don't have time for that right now. Fuck you. How can you be disappointed that it wasn't a Netflix movie? If anything, you should be extremely happy because if it's a Netflix movie, you know it's bad. It is trash. (laughs) At least there's a chance if it's a TV show. I I was just sad that I I knew I couldn't watch it all that night. Like, I was like, all right, I'm ready for my movie, which is 90 to two hours. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm good for that. Eight yeah. eight episodes. I'm like, I need I need to find a little time for this, guys. I and maybe maybe this is another case of the crown, where it's probably fine, but because I thought it was going to be trash and it was passable, I then adored it. But I really like this this show. Um, the all of the teams are playing hard. The acting is great. Um, Andrew likes chess. Maybe that will be a thing for him. Um, it's it's so intriguing, so much so that I honestly thought, and I searched for a long time to make sure because I'm like, no, this has to be real. I thought it might actually be based on a real person, but it's not. It's some novel that somebody wrote a hundred years ago. Um, this television show is like it's so good. It's something that at it is now 10.14. We'll probably finish this podcast at 11. I promised somebody I'd do some work for them, so I might finish at 12. It's something I'm still considering watching another episode of tonight before I go to sleep. I really love this show. As a, Jamaica, as a great Jamaican poet said, uh, we don't play chess because we don't check, man. Take your anti-chess talk out of this podcast. I think it's the checkman part that <laughs> and I think they, what, they objected what, to. I think what, what, what I really love about it is is the protagonist, the um the queen's the lady person herself, Elizabeth Harmon or whoever the actress is. And the and Vivich. And it's mm-hmm. oh, is that who it is? Okay, yep. yeah, that makes sense. But it's not even just her, right? Because so 
how the first episode starts is it starts with her, the Vavitch, and then it goes back in time to her as a young girl, and she's played by somebody else. And I was actually sad when the next episode, there was no more of that young girl because she was amazing. And then about halfway through the second episode, you get over that upset real quick because the Vavitch is amazing. Like the, just the character and how they've written her and the um, sort of emotionless and um, aggressiveness that she has in her. You, you know, that, that, that sort of almost, she's almost like a psychopath in a way, right? Um, and it's, oh, marvelous. The show is perfect. I love it. I mean, it's, it's no, um, <laughs> it's no Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but it's okay. Oh, so there's a chance it's actually good. <laughs> is it as good as Ted Lasso? Well, there are two different things. Ted Lasso is trash that I like. This, I think, is actually good. So you're saying in Douglas rankings, it's not as good as Ted Lasso? <laughs> Don't try to understand Douglas rankings. No one has ever. Scientists have tried for years. <laughs> they haven't cracked the code. Are you yes, done, Douglas? Are, yeah, those are the, the only two things I've watched. <laughs> okay, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so number one, I want to talk about Ted Lasso. Oh, I kind of half mentioned it. Thank you. I, this is why I was kind of I was kind I was kind of yeah. trying to push you into talking about I'm it. An, I'm an idiot, but we can both talk about it. I love that show. So continue. Um, I kind of half mentioned it outside of the podcast last time we recorded because I had just started it at that point. I've now completed Ted Lasso. Um, it's already been renewed for a third season. Apparently, it's about to go into production of its second season. Um, I'm surprised by how much I enjoyed that show. Mm. Um, it is a dumbass show. Um, it bas- the plot of the show, I think I told you guys already, it's um, basically what I like to call it's a major league plot mm-hmm. where the woman, um, she gets the football club in the divorce. And in spite of this man that she's just divorced, because the football club is the one thing she says that he truly loves, she's going to fuck with it. Literally, the opening of the show is her firing whatever sensible manager is at the club and... Just saying, I don't want you here anymore. And she has Ted Lasso, who is a um, university, a college football amateur coach, in the lowest division, who is apparently beloved because there's a gif of him on the internet where he's dancing with his players and people love it. Um, and she's like, I'm hiring that man who does high school, college NFL to come and do football in England in the Premier League. Um, the team is apparently in Premier League. I thought at first that this was going to be like a lower division team that nothing mattered. Um, well, how do they get Arlo White to do some of the commentary? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, some Americans will know this guy from the Premier League because he does NBC. <laughs> it's hysterical. Um, and it's the show is basically an, an action in having watching someone do something in such a spiteful and worst way and everyone around you is the is what you'd expect people are they're just um negative and 
just pessimistic people who are just doing things for themselves and introduce this man, Ted Lasso, who is optimism formed into a human being, optimism and positivity, and just watch him crush them all into coming to his way of just being happy about the world. Um, And it's, it's weird for me to like the show because just in the, because everything about this show is so dumb, right? It's the, it's the way in which they have Juno Temple playing the girlfriend to the hot footballer, right? The way you have the, the captain of the team who is that rough and rugged midfield player who isn't probably really good at the team, but he'll tackle someone like a fucking asshole. Um, and the way that he'll have the coach's assistant yeah, who Beard is, is really good. I like you know first of all, I love that his name is Baird and he has a big bushy beard. And I think it's it's genius that they never make a joke about it. Yep. It's just how it is. Yeah. Um and it's one of those shows. I, like the only thing I have negatively to say about this show is that I really hate the last episode, Stop and it. it's only because, and it's only because it's probably the only episode in the series that has a huge focus on the actual football match, and it's one of those moments where you see the budget in the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where where like most of the show is like sitcommy. It's it's actually produced by um the guy who made Scrubs. I've forgotten his name right now. Um, Benderson or something. I need to look it up. Um, but most of it is sitcommy. It's done in offices. You see it on training grounds. You see it in the in the house and the apartments. Like you don't really see football matches for the most part. There's usually like just like a one shot of the. Um, of matches, if at all. Um, producer, I'm like Googling while I'm talking and it doesn't work well for me. Yeah. My brain doesn't know is how it to sad do this. That I was upset. Bill Lawrence. <laughs> Bill Lawrence is his name. Is it sad as upset about the show? Because at the beginning of every show, it says it's a Warner Brothers production. And I was upset that Warner Brothers allowed this to go on Apple TV that I cannot or cannot get versus... HBO Max that I pay $15 a month for, (laughs) (laughs) which it owns. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Um, But yeah, I truly enjoyed this show. Do I think it's like us talking about Hannibal kind of TV show? Absolutely not. But I enjoyed myself with this show. Um, Jason Sudeikis proved me wrong once again that when he does characters, I just tend to love them even when the show's premise and everything about it seems stupid as dirt. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and what I'd say about the show as well, so, I think Sudeikis is the, he makes or breaks his show. He is the reason you love this show or he is the reason you hate this show. And there are a bunch of things and I enjoy some of the dumb things like him or them making fun of the difference in how English speak people speak versus how American people speak or just generally people who speak English speak. Um, you know, things like, you know, the boot and the boot and the boot kind of fucking joke um, where, you know, that, that he's, he's charmed by the different words, like the fact that a trunk of a car is a boot and 
they play football in boots, not cleats, and things like that, right? But for me, probably the main reason why I love this show is Sudeikis's character's sincerity, right? It's the thing about this show is it's on it's based on how they hook you, how they get you is look at this guy, he's really dumb. Right? He doesn't know what he's doing. He's stupid and he's happy. And like, how does that work? And that's how they 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 sell it. That's what the joke is supposed to be on the surface. Look at this dumb guy who somehow figures out what needs to be done. But the longer you, you stay with the show is the more you realize that what he's done with the character is sure if you just look at him the way that everybody else in the show or at least the the folks who doubt him in the show look at him that's what you're going to see but he actually has real i almost want to call it depth where you realize that what it is is he knows what people think of him he but it he looks like that simply because as you said andrew he's up optimism personified but also he just doesn't like care about that shit he is he is just a nice person who realizes that in order to succeed at what he does like if you talk to sorry my phone is a piece of shit um if you talk to any coach or any like professional uh, sporting person, like if when Pep Guardiola goes out there, when, when all the coaches go out there and coach a team, they're not teaching them how to play football. They know how to do that already. He actually doesn't really need to know anything other than the basic rules. He is there to just motivate them. And that has nothing really to do with the rules of the game or, or understanding this, the, the, the technical aspects of the game. Sure, that is a positive. Um, but you can have your, your folks advise you on that. What you need to do is to actually figure out what is going on with the people themselves and to motivate them to, to do well. And that's what he does. And he does that with a sort of optimism and a sort of kindness that is like ridiculous. And, and, and they, they kind of show you that every step of the way. And obviously it's a shitty little sitcom. So they um, beat it a little bit harder than say a movie directed by Paul Thomas Anderson might. But this, this show is just so, it's funny, it's sweet. It's heartfelt. It's it's just wonderful to watch. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson gave us Mattress Man, so I mean, <laughs> he, he already did go down this road, right? He's already given us optimism personified in a human being, um, and as Punch Drunk Love. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did enjoy the show a heck of a lot, especially for a show that started out as a joke to promote the Premier League coming to NBC. Yep. <laughs> I still remember that commercial and being like, I, you got me. Yeah, you I Jason remember Sudeikis those commercials. 
in a dumb in a dumb thing where he's just like, "All oh, right, you have draws." Yeah. Um, he and he says uh, all of those things, right? Yeah, they rerun all of those jokes again. Um, ay, ay, ay. um and did you like Juno Temple in this show? Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she she does her job. She's not I like think, I, I think the 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 thing that I love the most is Sudeikis. Um, second is Baird, but everything around them is fine. It's 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 a, a yeah, yeah. Everything around them is fine. I, you, you know what I found funny, and and this is kind of like not funny, but um, the last episode. This is an extension of what you're saying, even though I don't view it as necessarily bad. It just is what it is, and I actually can laugh at at that. Is so they're supposed to be playing Manchester City in the last episode. And at some point during the show, they have traded who, or not traded, but they, they gave back um, who would have been, I guess, their best striker back to City because he was on loan from City to whatever, Scunthorpe or whatever his shitty pretend Premier League side was supposed to be called. And that actor plus a bunch of other people are pretending to be Man City and you're looking and they're trying hard to make sure that everybody is kind of blurry in the background so you don't realize that they have no rights to anything other than allowing somebody to wear a light blue shirt that kind of look like a city <laughs> uniform. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's great. Um, pretty good show. Yeah. Um, continuing on the TV trend... Um, this weekend gone by, the HBO premiered their new show, The Undoing. Oh, I watched that. Um, with uh, Hugh Grant, someone Douglas loves. Yes, sir. Um, and Nicole Kidman. And uh, it's only been an episode, but I have to say I quite like it. I think part of it is just that Hugh Grant can't stop but be charming. <laughs> like, like, I have theories about where this show is going. But it's it's going to be one of the shows that I'll be watching for the while. Um, it's hopefully it turns out to be great. Yeah, hopefully I'm not like convinced yet, um, and this is coming from the biggest Hugh Grant fan in the room. But you know, it could be something. We'll see. I hope I like it. All right, now to get out the rear the rest of the stuff. Um, I, last time on the podcast, I was talking about me watching old horror movies. Um, I finally watched the 1970s film with um, Donald Sutherland, um, by directed by Nicholas Rogue. Um, yes, I've don't seen look this now. on the Criterion Collection, and I keep saying I should watch it because that's the one where he has that crazy face. Where no, no, the- that's a different movie you're, different you're thinking one? about. Aww. No, the crazy face picture that people keep posting, that's from um, Body Snatchers. That's Body Snatchers? Yeah, that's that's him in Body Snatchers in the 70s. I didn't know he was in Body Snatchers. Yep. I really want to watch that show because I like that crazy face picture. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different movie. Completely different movie. <laughs> but you should watch this movie. This movie is really fucking good. Okay. Um, this movie, like, it's not. It, it's it's strange to put it in that like, horror thing because it, it. I guess it is horror, but it's not like it's not like the slasher movie horror movie, right? This is one of those um, movies. How I describe it is, it's just fucking eerie. 
right? The story of this movie is basically that um, Donald Sutherland and his wife um, lose their child uh, randomly one day. The child drowns in a in a pond, right? Um, and in their grief, they fly off to Italy um, to like bury themselves in work and do other things. Um, and while in Italy, eerie shit happened. They they meet upon some uh, a couple of sisters, and one of them claims to be psychic. She's blind and psychic, and she's warning them that something bad will happen. You have to leave and stuff like that. And the movie just continues. And throughout the movie, it's it's a film in which you just feel this un this 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 sense of just strangeness and eerie and 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 um dread and it's one of these movies where describing it sounds like a terrible movie but this is one of those movies that i feel are probably one of the best directed movies i've ever seen so what you're saying is nicholas roig remade antichrist basically um it's it is a it's one of those films where the editing, the filmmaking, the the lighting, the way things are put together, it's just done in that perfect way that this movie is able to make a gem out of what is almost nothing of a story. Um, and I adore it for it. Um, me, I always take some 70s Donald Sutherland, so, you know, there's that. Um, but, yeah, this movie is great. Um, I know it's one of those in the catalog that people love, so just wanted to mention it. Um, but the next two movies on my list are probably the more the more recent films to hit the world, and that is two films starring Sacha Baron Cohen. You watched um, it? Is it? Is I watched it both good? of them. So I watched both of the films that he's in. So the one you're asking about, Borat Two, yeah, or or as the title is, Borat subsequent film, <laughs> um, subsequent movie film, or the longer title. Borat's subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once a Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Um, this movie is not great. <laughs> and I wonder, I, I sincerely, I, I haven't gone back to watch Borat at any point. Um, I sincerely wonder what percentage of it is me no longer being however old I was when the first movie came out. That would have been, what, 14 years ago? So I would have been 20 um, when that movie came out and how I would have been into that sort of comedy of somebody just poking at people to just see the worst in them and to see the awful and that sort of stuff. And at the same time, while... I do think there are a lot of stunts in this movie which show that and show it in interesting ways. Like if you look at it from just a documentary standpoint rather than a comedy standpoint. Um, So people are continually talking about the Rudy Giuliani bit in this movie, which I don't give a fuck what that man says. We all know he thought he was getting laid. But yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a film in which... I think the most interesting thing to me is something that happens at the beginning of the movie where um, Borat is sent back to America and he goes back to America. And the obvious thing you imagine has to happen given the status of Sacha Baron Cohen and his characters is that immediately he's recognized by everyone. right? And everyone is like, oh, it's fucking Borat. This is dope. Can I get a picture? 
right? Kind of thing, as opposed to what would have happened with the first Borat movie where he was he was able to like run around the world and get away with what he did. Um, but sadly, that is quickly discarded in the film. Um, and he puts on a lot of other costumes um, because he realizes that he's famous in America in character. Um, but also he adds um, his daughter, or as he likes to put it, his non-male son um, <laughs> into the film so that he has another person to like be the, the shell that goes and pokes and prods at people. Um, so the plot of this movie is basically that he's been sent to America um, after the first movie, he came back to Kazakhstan and he was put in the prison in the gulag um, because he ruined Kazakhstan. Um, but now with Trump in the White House, like Kazakhstan is like, we have a guy we need to get, we need to get on board with us. Um, so he sends back Borat to like give a gift to Trump people in order to like win back Kazakhstan. Um, and eventually he starts to think he'll give um, his daughter to these people and so that's the plot of the movies it's him trying to get to trump's people to give a give his daughter to mike pence and such oh, that's funny. um and you know he's actually interviewed trump before right yeah um yeah. I, I i think i've seen i think it was when he was ali g yeah it was ali g it was ali g right yeah. um but for me like it's a mixture of me watching this movie and realizing how much of it is scripted as opposed to the stunt stuff mm -hmm. and the stunt stuff not really being that massive to me the the the, the practical prank stuff mm -hmm. um not being that funny and outlandish as the first movie and also i think there was a part of me also upset at myself because i remember a couple of these scenes hearing news about it and being like oh that's cute that such a baron coin is still doing nothing and not realizing there's obviously a movie happening <laughs> um but what I found even more interesting was this movie was obviously made very, very recently because it eventually gets to the point where it talks about the pandemic. And as you watch filming, yeah, as you watch the filming, I'm like, how does he, not so much how does he make this movie in a pandemic, but you watch some of the, the way that um, he's interacting with people who are obviously not scripted people. Um, I once again point to the Rudy Giuliani bit that whenever you see this movie, you'll see. I'm like, I don't trust myself yeah. to have that close an interaction with another human being during this pandemic. Yeah, I've, I've heard of that Rudy Giuliani thing. Um, but also, it depends on when, like how recent, because the pandemic was a thing in February. But to be quite honest, Andrew, in February, I thought it was a bit of a joke. Not, not a joke, like an actual joke but that it really wouldn't have amounted to much. That it would have been... The more I talk, I'm, the more I'm digging my grave, but not much in terms of, like, worldwide, right? I, I figured it would have been, and I think there were a lot of people who figured that they were safe not being where it started. Um, so, so, so I, I wonder agree with you, if Douglas. that's what happened. And I remember that stage of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this, that when that scene starts, they walk in with masks. So, like, I think oh, they're at the stage where everybody's, okay. like, everybody's, like, at a certain understanding as to what we're doing here. Fair enough. Uh, hey, Ali G, Borat, I tried. I tried to defend you. It's your fault. You're not supposed to take those chances with other people. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. 
Um, but yeah, it just didn't hit for me. And I mean, I've read a lot of good things about this movie, but I'd be interested to hear what other, what you guys think about Borat 2 yeah. if you eventually watch it. I will eventually I mean, it's on Prime. It, it is right? on Prime. So it's the original Borat. So I'm going to try and watch that as well. But I, like you, have a sneaky feeling that if I watch the first Borat, that I, it, it will, not, will not have aged well for me, you know? Um, as much, and as, as, much talk- as I still... In my mind, yeah, adore like, sci- like we all have that voice in our head saying "my wife," and you want to, you laugh at it because you remember how yeah, funny it made you feel at the time. And I know you to... weren't a big allergy fan, but for me, allergy is the is the best. Like him just getting puyakasha, puyakasha, ristekpa. Like you know, it's, I mean, it's just dumb. <laughs> I get you. Borat was maybe the thing for me. Like that was oh, the no. point where like, Douglas, we can't do that anymore. It's cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> apologize, apologize. Um, but whatever. Um, moving right along to the last movie, which also included one Mr. Satchel Baron Cohen, and that is the film from Mr. Steve Netflix, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, directed by one Mr. Aaron Sorkin. Yep. Uh, that movie do have a chance. <laughs> And let me make something abundantly clear. You like Aaron Sorkin? I love Mr. Aaron Sorkin. Especially when, especially when somebody puts him in front of a keyboard and tells him never to direct things. Yes, click clack, sir, click clack. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when, especially when he hands those type things to Mr. David Fincher, somehow it just turns out amazing. Uh-huh. Um, but I've discovered him as a director, not really. Um, but more importantly, I think he did really well with this movie. Right, I think he learned all of the good lessons he's learned over the years, and I think he still has a few to learn. This movie is actually a really good movie with an addendum, right? Aaron Sorkin, we all know what an Aaron Sorkin script sounds like. Mm-hmm. We all know what Aaron Sorkin would love all of his movies to sound like. This movie sounds like that. And in many ways, it has all of the positives that we want. In many other ways, it has a lot of its negatives. And that being, if you remember the HBO show, The Newsroom, which he wrote. There's no negatives about The Newsroom. Andrew, you can fuck right off. <laughs> um, specifically, if like you have issues with his politics. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, there are a lot of shit in this movie where I deep down... While I understood that, for example, the judge who is straight up ridiculous, and um, I went back and I was reading a lot of interviews after the fact um, that apparently this was on point, right, as to how bad he was. Maybe not as comically ridiculous as Sorkin makes him out to be, but just as a awful human being, he was. Um, That happens forever. But the movie puts it in such a way in which you know who are the bad people, you know who are the good people, you know the people who are in the movie that you're like, someone made you look better than you were back then, right? And this movie was very much is very much giving me the vibes of a green book as to like how we look at times back then, especially when you want to write this movie and you want to make it be like, We're talking about protests and how people are accused during protests and held, especially like while this movie doesn't go full Spike Lee in like having footage of like the Black Lives Matter protest on top of it. It's somehow in the forefront of our minds watching this movie. 
and the movie you just kind of watch it and you're like i can enjoy this as like an entertaining sorkin script movie but it's still like it still gave me a queasy feeling watching a lot of it where i'm like this wasn't this cookie cutter (laughs) right but you still want to make it feel like it's he still made it feel almost like he was trying to do a a spielberg version of the of this type of a movie but still with like sorkinisms um which is which was wild um but also all of the cast in this movie is fucking amazing from sacha baron cohen to jeremy strong as the other hippie whose name i've forgotten already um who like i mean I he he is amazing in this film. John Carroll Lynch is in this movie and he's great. I I think Mark Rylance is his name and he's fantastic as the lawyer who runs this film. And the cast in this movie is deep. By the end of the movie, you find out Michael Keaton's in it. Oh, and man. Frank Langella as the as the judge is just just chewing scenery nonsense that is incredible to watch as an entertainment factor. And yeah, the movie was the movie was a movie. Like that's kind of where I'm putting it. The movie was a movie. We've been doing this for 13 years, and that is what Andrew Robinson comes up with. <laughs> the movie was a movie. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and I have no more to discuss. All right. Speaking of movies being movies, I watched Francis Ford Coppola's 1983 masterpiece, Rumblefish. This movie is not good, uh, but it does have uh, young versions of Matt Dillon and Mickey Rourke. So you Didn't can watch it for that. Dan Lane is also for the podcast before. Did we? I think we did. I don't think so. I don't think so. Wait, don't. which one is Rumblefish? Maybe I'm uh, mixing this up. Rumblefish Matt is... Matt Dillon, right? Yeah. And... His brother is a street thug and uh-huh. he becomes... I think, I think you just watched that movie on your own, Douglas. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe you saw that. <laughs> no, man. I think we've spoke about that in a podcast before. I don't think but so. But I agree. Fuck that movie. Yeah, that movie ain't great. <laughs> yeah. Um... That is the only thing that Steve did not give me that I will talk about. Um, uh, this is my uh, late to the party list uh, sponsored by Steve and Netflix. Uh, Cobra Kai is actually good. I didn't think it is could it, be. I started and after a minute, I was like, you know what? I shouldn't. I, shouldn't I didn't think it could be. I thought for years that because this came out on like YouTube mm-hmm. back when YouTube was paying for TV. Um and I just assumed it was bad. And I've heard people say uh, the contrary for years. It's now on Netflix. And people keep saying it's good. And I was in disbelief. But then I said, if Steve put it as a TV show, maybe I can give it a couple of episodes. It's good. It shouldn't be this good. But it is. Um, it is basically the story of the guy that got his face kicked in at the end of the first Karate Kid and they move forward in time, in real time to him in like 20, whatever, twenty in the 2010s. And he is basically useless. And then he Miyagi's someone else. So, but it is funny. Um, I didn't expect that because the movie certainly isn't. Um, and it's self-aware. Uh, 
and it's actually good, which was confusing, but um, it was it was refreshing that it was it wasn't exactly what I thought it was, and clearly Douglas thinks it it is this as well. Yeah, I guess um, he's I, Ralph I, Macchio in that show. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. For like, well, I saw him for half a second, but then I only watched the show for half a second. He's he's but, in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. um uh, so yeah, so I guess Damien, you're saying I do actually need to try this. Yeah, you will like this, Douglas, hundred oh, percent. Okay. Fair enough. Um, when is New Fargo coming out? <laughs> it's happening. I'm so you know desperate. what? You, you know what, Damien's really asking you. When does mm-hmm. this season finish so he can watch all of it at once? Probably right. another month. Probably another month. I you're watch, good. Yeah, I watched one episode. And I was just like, I cannot wait. On uh, come on. Sorry this up. Um Fargo is still good. Everyone knew that. Um someone on this podcast told me to watch Enola Holmes. I am disappointed in that person. Really? Um someone on this podcast said that Ratched was pretty, uh, but not good. I disagree. Uh, but then I am the person that likes um femme fetals more than anybody else. And I like it just for that. She's a murderer. Um, <laughs> it is though very very pretty <laughs> uh, someone spent a lot of time making this movie look as good as they possibly could um, but I don't think it's it's not like um, Luther or what's the other one with the hit woman thing and I the know. police What's it? Oh, um, Villanelle. You mean the Villanelle show? Yeah. What's oh. the name of that one? Because it's not Villanelle. It's <laughs> the name of that TV show. Killing Eve. Killing Eve. Killing right. Eve. Yeah. So it's it's nowhere near those levels, but it is. I found it entertaining. Um, I'll say. Um, slightly less entertaining is dark. Netflix keeps telling me to watch it. I finally yeah. gave in. It's okay. It's not. As spectacular as I thought, because Netflix kept pushing this TV show onto me, and I finally said, "All right, whatever." And you succumbed to the algorithm. Yeah, and it was all right, whatever. Um, Andrew will uh, enjoy this. Uh, Agret Suko, I think is the name of this show. Oh, the oh no! Yeah. Oh no! What's happening now? Uh, have you seen this, Andrew? I've only managed like one episode. I really do enjoy this. It is aggressive in how stupid it is. Like they are making no qualms about what this. Sh- like it is. It reminds me. It. I think it reminds me of like peak Animaniacs. But when it was just nonsense, at least in my head, I haven't gone back and watched any on him, obviously. Um, oh, Damien, have you heard the news? Yes, I did hear the news, and I was very upset. Uh, and it's the Animaniacs are coming back. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard pass. But it reminds me of, it is just, it's just bits. Like, they're not, they don't think it, they know what the show is, and I appreciate that. It's stupid. And the animation is there's points where it does the one punch man thing where there's points where the animation is way better than it needs to be. 
like they're basically over animating everything um but it's to the benefit of how dumb the show is and i mean this has been out for trillions of years people will like it like it and people who don't i assume will never ever ever at any point watch it i rewatched marriage story i realized i haven't seen that movie since we talked about that movie and I think I like that mo- this movie more now than when I saw I liked it then, but I think I have more appreciation for this movie now. Um, it's a very good movie. Uh, of course, the lawyers are the best part of the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is... Oh, uh, this movie is so bad. Oh, Marge, sorry, you still don't yeah, like it? I still don't like it. Fair enough. Um, you think Douglas is ever going to watch that movie again? I, I don't think he's not. He's not going to go back to it to be like, I need to see if Andrew how wrong Andrew was. There's, there's no way. Douglas is not that type of person. The thing he should go back and watch again is The Breaker Uppers. I forgot <laughs> that this existed. And I saw That it. movie is so fun. I... I saw it again and I was just like, oh yeah, I watched this. And I watched it again. It is... It's I think I may have watched like the first half hour. I don't think I actually finished. Douglas, you're movie. a crazy person. This movie <laughs> is made for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It was um, sufficiently stupid. I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> I uh, here's here's how good it is. I started watching it late one night and finished it. Fell asleep. Woke up and went. I need to watch this again. <laughs> like, on, on the other side of sleep, I watched the movie twice. And funny, just me cackling alone watching this movie. It is... It, it's, it's magic. It really is my kind of... Stu- Andrew, this is what a comedy is supposed to look like. This is what satire <laughs> looks like. Um, I know you fuck number one. number number one. <laughs> you're completely correct. Number two, fuck you. <laughs> I know you've forgotten because you are a film connoisseur. Uh, but this is what satire looks like. And the last two things I watched um, were the Bash Brothers. Nice. I don't like it. What? I don't like it. That's so good. Yes, Damon's on my side. I, don't I, like it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's so stupid. I tried. <laughs> I, uh, Andy Sandberg was in it, and a lot of other people. There's a CGI horse at some point for no reason. There's. I feel. I feel like everything you've mentioned in this like post in this post section we agree on. So Damon, do you want to like reconsider your scream, your scream feelings yeah, just to like line I, I up? Feel reconsidered. I don't think it's a movie. <laughs> I think if you, I think if we look at the individual parts, I think it is human filth and it should be stricken from the record of all movies. Is <laughs> what I think. Uh the last thing I rewatched and I am upset that this is only the second time that I've seen this. I am sad that I've only watched this now two times and I am definitely going to watch this again before the years out. It is The Divines. That movie is I told you. 
spectacular. It's so good. No, but I know that. The, my question is, why have I watched it the one time? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I watch it again, and now I'm upset that I've only seen it the twice. Because I've, I watch bad movies. You see, <laughs> see the, I, I watch things that aren't good, but instead of doing that, what I should do is watch <laughs> The Divines and Breaker Uppers. Like, I watched I Am Not An Easy Man. I don't know why I watched that. I don't even know how that got onto the thing. Which movie is that? You'd, you'll never know. It's some foreign movie. It's terrible. It doesn't matter. But I wasted hours of my life watching that when I could have <laughs> watched The Divines. <laughs> and... Or um, I could have watched Monty Python again. There's so many good things that I can watch instead of like, Enola Holmes. Like, I, instead of watching Enola Holmes because Steve made that movie and I knew it couldn't actually be good. It's and so I was right. Good. It's, it's okay at it. best, but it's not good. Right? And it's, the, good. Uh, it's the reason I keep not watching Bill and Ted 3 because I know yeah. even though Douglas is pretending that there's goodness in there no. I know he's wrong no 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 overall looking at it objectively it's exactly what you just said but I just really love the girls no, listen I understand Douglas but instead of me doing that I'm going to try and watch this Queen's Gambit thing that I know is bad oh, I know you guys are lying to me so good. I know it it can't. I've seen the trailer. It looks bad. Have I told you guys that I, I've not watched Bill and Ted because every time I look on Google Play, it still says that it costs less to buy it than to rent it, <laughs> and that offends me. Then just buy it. <laughs> you will own it anyway at Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> you take renting it, just like forever. If, I'm pretty <laughs> sure if I had if I had done it like the weekend it came out and I just paid the rental fee. At that point, the rental fee would have been less than buying it. I would have been okay with it mentally, but just seeing it there on the page saying it's like that much to buy and that much to rent digitally, I'm just like I can wait until it's like somewhere I can stream it or that the rental fee comes down to the normal $4 or whatever. You're a man of principle, Andrew. I like it. I mean, they're dumb principles, but you're a man of principle. (laughs) Um, And that's that's pretty much it. Uh, There's a lot of sports. Uh, There's so much football this week. Yeah, there really was. So much football. Um, Some results were very surprising. Manu. <laughs> so, um, like I saw Manu play a good game of football and almost almost fell down. It didn't make sense. Because I didn't watch it live and I saw the score and I was just like, oh, clearly there was like 14 own goals. Like the team just fell down <laughs> and the ball kept hitting off the back of the keeper's head into the because Manu can't. This five love? There's no way. And then watch the game in disbelief. Like man, you they look like, but they don't have a good side. How do they look this good when I know they're not good? It's magic, but yeah. more importantly, I have to start doing this. I don't know why, but Fergie is shadow managing this team. 
It's the only thing that makes sense. He called in. Yeah. Um, He's like, I got some tips for you. I watched an um, NFL game where the funniest thing I've seen in any sport in forever happened where a guy was deliberately trying not to score a touchdown and failed to do that fell into the end zone and the opposition team was cheering